Hey, Jordan. How's it going? What's up, Rob? How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. It's just the NBA trade deadline. That's something. Oh, That's yeah. I was actually, I was really curious to hear what you thought about what the Nets are doing. <laughs> yeah, well, the Nets have been interesting this year because it was actually working this year. Like, they're actually playing very well. But I guess, yeah. like, Kyrie wanted out and they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we're just, we're tired of this. It's amazing how how much that super team did not work um considering they had three of at one point three of the absolute probably top 10 guys in the league and they just Uh, couldn't make it work it's pretty amazing wait who's the third well it was james harden but even him was like i don't want i don't want to be part of this this is just i just wanted to be sure you weren't referring to ben simmons as well no i was not referring to ben (laughs) simmons no yeah uh yeah it didn't pan out that's just that whole team was cursed it's three guys who two of whom just are probably really difficult to play with i would assume all three but durant is a little bit more reserved in his frustrations and expressing his frustrations than the other two the Kyrie and especially harden when they're upset you know they're upset yeah durant's just kind of like a he'll clap his hands and shrug his shoulders type of guy uh not uh, not a, not three guys you can build a big three around at all. Yeah, no, it's surprising that it, how quickly it just like totally evaporated. Like even after they were playing well, um, I was surprised the Raptors didn't really make any moves. It looked like this was going to be one year where they were going to actually make a, some kind of big move at the deadline. It didn't end up happening. Um, I don't really know how to feel about that. They did bring back Jakob Pertl, who they drafted originally and they developed and then outsourced to San Antonio. And they brought him back. Um, which should fill a need for them. They need a guy that can play center, and he's he's pretty good. But it seems like the team still does kind of have a ceiling. So it was a little, maybe a little disappointing that they didn't kind of try to uh, shake things up in any way. They've got to pay a lot this offseason to re-sign everybody that needs to be re-signed, and I don't really know how that's going to work. It's a little bit lackluster, but I don't know. I'm yeah. not an NBA GM. I'm not going to tell these guys to do their jobs. You know, I'm sure they... <laughs> You know, they don't need me. They don't need me to weigh in on this. That's the funny thing about the sports fan, like the podcast uh, complex, isn't it? Like these just random guys being like, you what in that pick and roll situation, what you should have done is, and it's like, you're like a, you're, you're like a copywriter. Like you don't, it's amazing. Like you're not, you're not a player or an owner or a professional sports owner, but that's, I always find that kind of funny. I'm just going to, I'm just going to assume that they are making the best decision with the options that they had. Uh huh. I, I thought the Suns, that they are taking a huge risk four first round picks yeah and three players including uh jay crowder and michael bridges yeah um kind of those le- leveraging the whole future that was the whole thing i mean That's durant i think was me. possibly available this summer for the rat and the raptors were in that discussion and there was there's a lot of uh people that had opinions on that. Like, do you just leverage the future of the team? Like, do you get rid of like Scotty Barnes who had just won rookie of the year and a bunch of picks to bring back Durant, who's obviously an upgrade. He's one of the best scorers that to ever play the game, but like, you know, is he's older, he's often injured. Like, are you guaranteed to win a championship if you make that move? Because if not, you've just leveraged the whole future of the team to, uh, for that opportunity. So I don't know. It's like, uh, I guess they're they're staying pat. It's gonna it is a big risk for both the Suns and the Mavs, even though it also is a big reward. I'm interested to see how the West Western Conference playoffs uh, work out this year. It should be pretty interesting stuff. The one trade that I'm really looking forward to seeing how 
it shapes up is D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. Uh, that one, I think, is really interesting to me because it seems like they're going to try to make one f- final or penultimate push for a championship with LeBron. I mean, his his days definitely are numbered. He's going to probably retire soon. They don't. Maybe he'll stay there. Maybe he'll just go to wherever his son gets drafted. Yeah, but that's a decent pickup. D'Angelo Russell is is pretty good, and he can, he can be. I've seen him be can be excellent. Um, that's the kind of sad thing about LeBron and the Lakers, like doing that whole chase for the the scoring title, and then like getting that and getting all the fanfare, like as they're kind of like almost out of playoff contention and like getting getting owned by the the thunder you know it's kind of a sad yep. state of affairs there and yeah they should they should Losing. win one actual championship while he's there because the, as we all know the the mickey mouse championship <laughs> doesn't the, count doesn't count big asterisk on that one unfortunately <laughs> i'm not i'm not one oh, of these man. like lebron hating guys that like every single thing that's always in the comments of lebron tweets and it's a it's a great actual subgenre of sports tweet where it's like le fake le china and just gives rattling off every championship that he's won and and talking about the excuses for why he shouldn't have won and why it was unfair. Like I'm not one of those guys, but the, but the bubble championship doesn't count though. Come on. Okay. What, what is there? I haven't seen all of these excuses, but why does the 2016 finals not count? Because that's the one that I think of all of his championships. That's the one that matters the most. Yeah. I think it was like injuries. There's some kind of injury thing that made it not fair. You'd have to check in with like the real dedicated LeBron haters out there. I'm sure yeah. they could give you a concrete reason for why it doesn't count, but they've got this fig down to a science why every single one of his accomplishments was actually fake and uh, bad and not good. These guys can Steph tell you. Steph got thrown out one game for throwing his, uh, for throwing his mouth guard. And then right, yeah, that must Draymond had to sit out game six. Because of the groin kick. Wasn't there a groin kick incident? The one of was many, for? I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a bunch of technicals and flagrants. Yeah. So big asterisk there. That was the, the refs. The refs were That's handing it. handing LeBron the title. Sad. Handing one of the filthiest basketball players <laughs> I've ever seen. That <laughs> was an inside job by the refs. Yeah, that guy is so right. fucking filthy. I can't stand the way he plays. He's toned it down in recent years in his career, but when he was younger, he was so fucking vile. Yeah, those are the kind of guys you love to have on your team, but you absolutely hate to play against, though. You despise totally. them when they're on any other team. But when totally. they're on your team, they're like, what's wrong with them? They're not dirty. They just yeah, play hard nose. How's that a, f- hard how nose is that a foul? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was kicking Steven Adams in the nuts yeah. a foul. He was kind of asking for it. <laughs> he's Australian. Yeah. He deserved it. It's part of their culture is to do a- that. I think he's New Zealand. I think he's Australian. New Zealand. Oh, it's the same thing. That's a, No, that's not. You know, we're going to get all kinds of... <laughs> from down under we all do, kinds of negative comments we do, now we do have a sizable australian listenership so yeah i don't know if how they feel about it but i i do see both of those countries as the same thing oh boy sorry i don't it's, i don't go sign any of this i Jordan's don't going see rogue. the difference yeah i it's all the same anyway, one final thing now that we've alienated we to... a big part of our <laughs> Audience. Our third biggest listenership by yeah. nationality. They're all just, hey, mate, I'm turning it off now. That's what they're saying. No. You'll put another please, shrimp on the Barbie. Don't. I can't even do the accent. I can okay, do a lot of accents. Now you're doing it. I'm not even going to try I to do the accent. I didn't know that bad. Yeah. Now I'm doing it. It's Jesus. Okay. Let's just move on from this. <laughs> I'm going to cut all this Before out. I'm going to cut all this, this Australian okay. slander out of there. So 
we're good. Thank you. Thank you. Those um, those kangaroo loving <laughs> freaks won't will be none the wiser. Oh my god, okay, he's no, gotta okay. be stopped. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Canadian. We're the, we're one of the worst countries, so it's uh you know, I'm allowed. I agree. And yeah. I can say that because I come from one of the best. There we uh, go. <laughs> before before we get into our conversation with Brett and Murphy, uh we want to thank those of you who joined us in our state of the state of the union live chat over on Substack. It was a ton of fun watching it and chatting with you all. And we're doing another one this Sunday night for the big game. I think because this is actually marketing, we can't say the name of the game, but yeah. it's that big game on Sunday night with a lot of advertisements. And that's what I'm kind of curious to see. What are the most deranged advertisements we're going to get that night? Yeah. So if you're watching the big game on Sunday and want to hang out with us, join us on the Substack app where we will be hanging out and live chatting with you all and watching along in horror and excitement or whatever your emotion you're feeling. We will share those feelings with yeah, you. Yeah, it was fun chatting during so the State come of one, Union. come all. The State of the Union. We went to hilarious. Rift City with the paid interns. That was we, great. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah, it is It is for the paid interns uh, to become a paid intern. Just click the subscribe button in this email or head to the Insurgents dot substack dot com for just five bucks a month you can become a paid intern get access to these live chats and an additional episode every week earlier this week we talked to jules sustaltsev Sus- oh fuck that's not is it that's good sustaltsev yeah. no, i think i did good. throw in another t uh about the conversation around banning tiktok and how uh, china's role in that conversation has led to a lot of xenophobic calls for its ban and how people really don't understand the extent to which they are surveilled by social media companies and governments. That was a that was an interesting and fun conversation. Jules has a huge TikTok uh, account there called Good Morning Bad News, and it's a platform he spends a lot of time on. So it's good to hear his perspective yeah. on something that could impact him directly. We also talked about the, the devastating threat of the Chinese spy balloon as well, which we were all uh-huh. shaken up. It's a, it got yes. emotional. It got emotional, this conversation. We were all really shaken up by this really scary incident of this, <laughs> again, balloon uh, taking uh-huh. – possibly possibly taking pictures of a bunch of fucking farmland, the greatest threat yeah. America's ever faced. We Very scary situation. We can't, let our, we can't let our adversaries know that in between the coasts, it's just farm. Yeah, yeah. We can't no let one them know that. There. Yeah. And they had no way of knowing this until that <laughs> yeah, they, balloon. They didn't know. It. They were mapping America. They, did, they just didn't yeah. know what America looked like until now, until the balloon was able to. I just thought it was all cities. Yep. All cities all the time. One very, billion people. Very troubling. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. that was a good conversation. So the insurgents.substack.com. Become a paid intern. Get access to that episode and all of our other premium episodes and our live chat for the big game the Sunday night, and also for the Oscars and all live chats going forward. So those are exclusive to paid interns. So thank you, everyone who has subscribed and those of you who are going to. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, we do. And now let's bring on our friend. Brendan Murphy is going to be joining the show right after this. And now we're 
joined by Brennan Murphy. Brennan is a clip extraordinaire. You've seen his videos. You've seen his edits. He's all over your Twitter feed. Brennan, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going? It's good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brennan, we start these conversations off the same way with a tough hardball question. We want to know who we're dealing with and who we're talking to. So we've asked everyone, and now it's your turn. Brennan Murphy, are you a gamer? Jordan, um, <laughs> I want to know if you recognize this sound. Oh. That may or may not it. be coming through. It. <laughs> it's coming through. <laughs> heard it once or twice. I have heard it once or twice. Yeah. Uh, that is the Fortnite lobby theme. Correct, correct, sir. Uh, oh, Rob, uh, are you familiar with this sound? I feel like I probably should be. We'll try Maybe another I'm being one. Exposed for not being a gamer. No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some kind of gun sound. Correct. Correct. <laughs> That's a gun. I've I've heard that before. That's yeah, yeah. That is, pretty that sure. Is, that is the <laughs> Modern Warfare Two sure. intervention uh, in quickscope okay. mode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay. And and the sound before that was the World of Warcraft level up sound. Okay. Um, I, I wasn't into. I was not into World of Warcraft, and I haven't played Modern Warfare two since it was popular on the PS three or whatever it was back in the day. You the heyday. You no no love for the Halo three theme. Oh, true. You I don't mean have that on your soundboard. To, to, I I feel like just in case this ends up in YouTube, the other stuff won't get copy stricken. Yeah, yeah. Halo three probably would. Uh, okay, so you've established you're a gamer. How many other sounds do you have on that soundboard? <laughs> uh, play every single come. sound on there. I'm gonna go to. <laughs> I was worried that I was gonna fuck it up and be like, "So Jordan," and then play that one first on accident. Yeah, I, it's kind of a gamer sound. Uh, you have to have the SpongeBob dramatic cue on there too. That's great. I love it. But yeah, I do love you, games. Do you yeah. use in meetings. You, you, I, in I, meetings, you just bussies out. In meetings, uh, usually I'll start with like the NFL theme song, very loud. Uh, I don't know if you've seen people in clips of like Tarkov or COD, like over VoIP, like proximity voice playing that running around. That's like my meeting version of that. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. You've established yourself as a gamer. What have you been playing lately? Uh, I've been trying out Dark and Darker, which is like a hardcore dungeon, like D&D setting, like uh you know, Diablo, but except it's first person and you try to get out without dying type game. That one's been cool. Love Overwatch, love modded Minecraft. Um, and I am super addicted to super auto pets. Uh, it's like a deck builder. Um, that one, you can stay up till 8 a.m. playing. <laughs> We're deep in the uh, games over here. I probably super auto I pets. Download, yeah. Shouldn't download that one. No, dangerous. <laughs> uh, Rob, how's your Fortniteing going? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Had a nice uh, battle royale dub yesterday. That felt good. Let's go. Are you cranking nineties or are you zero building? He's zero. Build. I'm zero. I'm zero build. Yeah. I never. I've never been about the building. That was always more the impediment to me to really enjoying Fortnite. Yeah. Once they got rid of that, that's when I really started to thrive. Yeah. I got my Ellen Ripley skin from Aliens now. <laughs> I hit him with the chicken wing dance after I picked up the victory of the day. It was very satisfying. Very you, satisfying. You and the Balenciaga pug and Spider-Man all whipping together. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, that was good stuff. I can't wait until they take the Dragon Ball Z and yeah, I can't, whatever I can't the deal with Hero Academia shit out. Like the laser beam stuff is so fucking annoying. 
I can't yeah. stand it. Like it, it's insane. Every battle pass, every season starts out with you know one intellectual property tie-in item that is kind of borderline broken, and then usually throughout the course of the season, either more get added or it becomes clear yeah. that that is just insanely OP. And right now there are at least two, but you could also argue with the hammers, there's three just broken add-ons this season. And it is so, it is so insufferable. I'm not into the hammers either. That bugs me. When you're in a, you're in a gunfight with someone and they fly out of there with the hammer. Yeah, the like, movement. I, I feel like it's, it's lost its novelty from like the OG, like Thanos ad too. Like that was like a new like thing. People weren't used to like that crossover and featuring games. And now it's like, Oh, we have, we have Naruto too. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I was I was in a top three the other day, and I got t- taken out with the dra- Dragon Ball Z laser, and I was like, "Come on, that's come on now." It's just, I put in so all this bad. fucking work. I put in yeah. all this. I was grinding with just yeah. guns and maybe a maybe a bow and arrow. And yeah. you're coming in with laser beams and clouds. Yeah, fuck, come on, it. no, it's not cool. <laughs> I was telling. I agree. I was telling. I was telling Brennan before we started. I got a Steam Deck uh, today. Oh, cool. I heard that hypothetically, if you wanted to, hypothetically, purely, you can pretty easily emulate up to PS3 on okay. one of those. Uh, and then hypothetically, if I were to do that, the first couple games that I would play would be NHL 93 and NHL 2004. Cause for some reason, those are the two that I like really took to. Again, purely hypothetical. Yeah. Just violating copyright on this. Yeah, just if I were to do that, those would be the two games that I would play. And then, you know, if I want to extend that thought process, hypothetically, revisiting those games, uh, you know, on an evening before this show would be a lot of fun to revisit. Again, purely hypothetical. But it's pretty crazy that that, the the graphics on that handheld are ridiculous. It It hypothetically upscales these old games to make them look like they would run on it. Did, on a did the NHL console. games form your cool. music taste too? I was actually a big NHL 95 fan from the Sega Genesis back in the day. And I often listen to that theme music when I want to get like an inspiring background yeah. music for something. I throw on the NHL 95 theme. It's great. Yeah. The NHL 2004 soundtrack goes so hard. It's, it is fantastic. It, it, it introduced me to brand new for one. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was a very formative on my music taste. I think Alkaline Trio was also on there. I feel like EA, uh, or maybe it was 2K, but they, they get like, you know, the greatest assortment of like the best rock and emo and all like rap of that time and other times. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have got into like System of a Down if it wasn't for like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you know? That's the game I think that had the biggest impact on my music tastes. For yeah. sure. There's a of, soundtrack. Within games that that had uh, an influence Tony Hawk for sure. Yeah. That whole franchise. Yeah. That kind of put me on the path of punk and hardcore. Uh, I think, I think on NHL 2023, stick to your gun. Yeah. Stick to your guns is on NHL 2023. I don't, I, I don't have that one yet, but also so is pup. So two friends of the show are, right, so we should probably get royalties for the sales of that game. I think <laughs> that's how it works. Oh, and Turnstile. So. We don't know them, but I think they kick ass. 
EA's lawyers has already found soundtrack. this episode, unfortunately, after hearing that. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We're so done. Uh, first, they're, com- they're coming for the Fortnite lobby theme. <laughs> yeah. Epic's going to come after us. <laughs> but uh, in the world of sports this week, LeBron broke the scoring record. Did either of you watch? I saw the highlight. Yeah. I, I saw the tweets. The yeah. It's a pretty amazing accomplishment. I don't know. Pretty cool to see. It- yeah, it's it's really impressive how after 20 years in the league, he's still putting up like ridiculous numbers. He's still getting yeah, triple doubles. It's he's kind of unprecedented. Oh, he's 38, 30, right? 40. Is he? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. one. That's the exact reason. Like what you're describing, even though like I wouldn't doubt LeBron's greatness for sure, one of the best to ever play. But that exact that reason is why I would not put him in that kind of goat conversation, just because he's had this peak of like. 18 years whereas a lot of the best players like um really only had a few years to operate at that kind of level like if michael jordan who is obviously draws the most comparisons while widely regarded as the the best to ever do it if he had played like the entire 1990s without retiring twice during that period and also being a degenerate gambler and alcoholic and with modern <laughs> sports science and with the the way the hand checking rules in the nba have evolved to like republicans buying more shoes scoring, too that's right. Yeah, that's right. I really think that he would have like, he, he would probably still be the all time leading scorer given that kind of situation, but um, taking nothing away from LeBron's greatness because he's absolutely seems uh, like phenomenal. It seems like you're taking, seems like you're oh, taking well, a lot a away bit. from LeBron. <laughs> well, listen, I grew up, I grew up in the nineties. Uh, I felt I started becoming obsessed with the NBA in like the mid nineties and I hated Jordan. Like I, I, he was just too good. I didn't want it to be like, Every single year, obvious what was going to happen. I would always root against Jordan, and just every single year he would come and just rip everyone's hearts out when it came time to do yeah. that. And I've never really seen anyone operate on that kind of level. You know, when you've watched sports, especially the the NBA, especially guys in the the playoffs are a totally different atmosphere, and people that are really good in the regular season fade in that atmosphere. And Jordan just every year elevated his game and was just unbeatable and just never lost as long as he was uh, in that position. And that's like it's and a beautiful spring. totally at the top of his game. Yeah. Aren't aren't LeBron's stats and like uh morality and charity in general, like don't those both beat Jordan's overall though? I'm not too familiar with all this. I'm just from what I've heard. <laughs> um I would say yes. Uh, uh, but I'm a, I'm a homer. Like I he's yeah. like mm-hmm. somewhat of a hometown guy for me. So, I'm a little biased. Yeah, and also like LeBron kind of runs in, in offense and he's all he's facilitating the offense and passing a lot. He's also way bigger and stronger than Jordan was, so gets more rebounds and stuff. Jordan was a better defender and he had guys on the team like Scottie Pippen who were initiating the offense. So, wasn't even though he was a good passer that wasn't really part of his game so whereas lebron mm. has always been kind of like a guy who has the ball and is facilitating the offense so stats wise puts up bigger numbers but overall just as a as a dominant player especially in the absolute biggest moments i've never seen anyone like jordan he's always going to be the goat for me just because i grew up watching those moments well missed opportunity in the state of the union to talk about LeBron breaking the scoring record because it did yeah. happen the state the, the same night, but that is of lesser importance. But something we're going to spend more time talking about. Uh, Brennan, you are always uh, pulling great moments and clips in our horrific political arena. You're finding these true gems, making great supercuts. Brennan, did you watch the State of the Union this week? Yeah, uh, I mean the most interesting part to me is always like how people latch on to the visuals of like, oh, 
Mitt Romney's sitting with uh, Kristen Cinema right beforehand, and like all of the in between shots. Uh, I saw a clip going viral on TikTok that was showing some, I think, staffer behind a bench right before it started, like quote unquote taking shots. She may have just been drinking water, but like all of the like very visual stuff always stands out to me. Uh, there was a clip that I saw. There's a guy, his name is Shree something. He's from Michigan, just outside of Detroit. I don't know if you saw it, but he was standing behind Biden as Biden did an interview, I think, with CNN. And he's in the frame. He's like in between the reporter and Biden, just staring straight into the camera. No emotion on his face. He's, you know, likely waiting to talk to Biden, get get a little bit of FaceTime with him. But it was just... It made my night because it was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it's a red camera stare. He's just staring into the camera as they're doing an interview. It was fantastic. Well, it's like these so, people yes, wait their whole lives to have moments like that, to be close to power. And then you just could see the like desperate kids that have turned into adults that like are finally in the chamber. Like, I mean, McCarthy's a great example of that too. Yeah. Yeah. They, the, antics and outbursts from the republicans i wouldn't say were unprecedented but i it does seem like there's been a shift over the past few years in how people treat this event because you, you remember joe, like wilson, that. joe wilson yeah i do too it makes it more enjoyable it's good content yeah. they know it's good content <laughs> yeah. Like, it's American politics. It's already so absurd and over the top. Like, if you're going to have one thing, you might as well embrace that, right? Embrace the pro wrestling aspect even more. Yeah. Even make it more like, yeah, like the British Parliament ever. They're all hooting and hollering at each other. And I love, I <laughs> yeah. love that shit. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. great. Yeah. Marjorie did wear an Undertaker robe. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and Biden's a pro. He handled it like it was not a big deal. You know, he brushed it off. It was fine. I, I thought it, it added to the watchability of it for sure. It seemed like he handled that moment. The most contentious it got was when he was talking about cutting entitlement programs. The Republicans wanting to cut entitlement programs. Sorry, not entitlement. Social safety net programs. That's what they call them, entitlement. He's talking about how they've pushed to sunset or cut or freeze Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Essential programs that lead to tangible material benefit improvements in people's lives wildly popular programs among their beneficiaries. And when he talked about this, there was all this shock and horror and jeering and outrage from the right. But it's true. I mean, multiple uh, members of uh, the Republican caucus have said publicly, and I think it's safe to assume most, if not all of them, have said it privately or think it, that's something they want because it allows for privatization, which is what they want. And the look on some of their faces, like Mike Lee, just like, yeah, yeah, pure, pure <laughs> YouTube like, thumbnail a, face. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, he's soy, he's soy facing he's in the yeah. crowd. Face, yeah. But with I think within a year, within the past year, he has said on camera he wants to cut or end Social Security. Like, I don't know. What are you what are you surprised about? But I thought Biden handled it as well as he could have just call call him out on it it's like whoa if you're more or less he's saying whoa if you're if you object like if you if you don't want to do this i we we have your word then and that's not it's not going to mean anything when it comes down to it but for the cameras they had to act like they care about this or they side with that but i thought as as clunky as some of his other presentation the rest of his speech was this was a moment where i thought he handled that crowd yeah better than expected I don't know what your 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 reads were. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, as you said, it I probably won't end up changing anything. Like, it, it ends up being a two box, like yeah. the video of Mike Lee saying, like, yeah, we are, like, our plan is to, like, slowly get rid of social security. Um, and then the face he made at Biden, like, it leads to videos like that. I don't, I don't know if having videos or footage of those people besides like reaffirming like the more liberal side um, and being content for them. I'm, I'm not sure that it's like convincing any like quote unquote movable middle. That like <laughs> yeah. People were treating it like, Oh, you got them in this gotcha. Now they can never say that they're going to do those yeah, things. It's yeah, like, they will still yeah. do that. They don't, they don't care. Like it that's, doesn't, that's the whole thing with George Santos matter. too. Right. Like, like, there is no gotcha. Like, like the lies do yeah. not matter besides whatever, like <laughs> crime becomes like <laughs> taken to court. Right. Like, yeah, I guess, um, I guess the frustrating thing that I found, uh, watching the state of the union speech is seeing a lot of the response to Biden's kind of like appeals to the progressive wing, what it felt like people were saying, Oh, this sounds like a Bernie speech and kind of trying to give credit to Biden and saying, Oh, is he being pulled left? Or is he, he's embracing this kind of populism. But, to me, it's like, I understand if you're young and this is your first time like getting involved and paying attention to politics and just this idea of how a lot of like people like Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton uh, will use this kind of progressive language in a speech and can often be very convincing when they give the speeches. But that's no indication of like what their actual values are, what their policies are. Um, so I thought a little weird that people were giving Biden like credit for sounding progressive in this speech when it's like a lot of the things that he was talking about, like they just had the House and the Senate for two years. And now he's saying he's kind of trying to talk about their agenda that they implemented now saying, now let's finish the job on this. Let's pass the PRO Act and let's do all these things. But it's like, but you won't be doing that though. Because now like you couldn't do that when you had the House and the Senate. You couldn't even convince the people in your own party to get on board with your agenda uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema stepped up to be like the villains of the week to ensure that you couldn't pass your whole agenda that mm-hmm. you campaigned on. They didn't really do all that much about that as we covered President on the show. Industry. Yeah, they barely even like ever criticized them or barely ever like made any effort to can publicly hold them accountable for this or anything like that. So now they're saying like, we're going to finish the job and all these things, but like they clearly will not, they will not be finishing the, the, the job closest it, accountability so. with Joe Manchin was like handing him a pen and staring at him after like signing, uh, signing. What was that? Uh, build back. But, um, yeah, well they yeah, let him come in and kind of act as the hero and be like, yeah, Oh, it's yeah, the, exactly. the special boy. <laughs> he's the one that did it while the progressive wing of the, of the party and the squad or if you want to call it bent over backwards to trying to support Biden's agenda the whole time. And then they're at the end of it. They're like, Oh, thank you, Joe Manchin for really coming through here. And it's like, so I don't really get why people would be impressed by Biden. We'll send our donors your like, way. Yeah, yeah, we're going to finish the job on all these things that we didn't do in the first two years. Like, they're like, spoiler alert, uh, narrator. No, they will not be finishing the job. It's not going to happen. So, you know, it's a it's a nice speech, but you know, that's all it is. It's a speech. It's not actually uh, anything else beyond that. Also, just content. That it was that yeah. on that. Yeah, on that point about people comparing him to Bernie and saying this is a really progressive speech and the policies that he's rolling are you know, favorable to progressives, you know, sure. Progressives do want the pro act. I thought the insulin cap making that universal, obviously, if that, that seems like a pipe dream because Republicans are beholden to big pharma donors. And there are a lot of Democrats who are too, but the funniest, funniest yeah, 
It does sound great. That, that would rock. Um, the funniest take on that came from uh, Wall- the Wall Street Journal opinion section. I didn't even see this piece. Joel Birch, friend of the show, texted it to me earlier today. The headline is, Joe Biden is Bernie Sanders. And this line, I know, Rob, you're going to love. And Brennan, perhaps you will. You will as well. In it, it says, the economic populism proposals Mr. Biden outlined resemble Xi Jinping's national champion policies for China. <laughs> I don't know about if you only. boys, but when I was watching, all I was thinking was yeah. President Xi. This is him. Absolutely. This is just yeah. him in, in white don't skin. Thre- don't threaten me with a good time on this one. That sounds actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean. But you you're can outline all these policies and that that's great. But people like Biden, Justin Trudeau, uh, Barack Obama, they can say these things and they, they're very fond of like promising these kinds of policies when it's beyond their power to implement them. You know, when it's in their power, it's like, oh, we just, we can't do yeah, it. I'm only yeah, the president. Every time. Like, yeah. that's the whole thing about the speech. Was it, a lot of, it was a lot of like, it was a lot of like, if only someone would do something about this kind of energy, like from the actual president of the United States. Um, you know, so that's, I wasn't really convinced by any of that, any of that stuff, even though it would be, it would be wonderful if, you know, everyone in America that, that, you know, people are born diabetic. It's not just seniors that need a cheap insulin. Like it's everybody. It'd be, it's, if that was, you know, if that was available to everybody, that'd be wonderful. But I think Biden feels comfortable saying, yeah, let's make, get that available for everyone when he knows full well that it's not going to happen. Uh, Mr. Beast is doing insulin I, next. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's America's new healthcare system. <laughs> Mr. Beast is just going to do things. If you're one of the lucky few. Yeah. Every you Mr. Beast burger, you have a chance. Yeah, you, get a, you get the golden ticket. You get your insulin for Mr. Beast. That's the that's healthcare now in the United States. I'm just kind of amazed. He's like literally doing the Willy Wonka thing with his chocolate bar company. We talked Smart. about it a couple episodes yeah. ago, and I'm just still just in awe. Like this is someone who, for all, I mean, most of his content we could talk like we talked about on that that episode. He just misses the point on so much, and he's just like. <laughs> The Squid Game thing. It's like, oh, I'd love to run those games. Man, that's, you're missing the point of that show. Man, he's, done it, he's done it multiple times. Man, they did great on this. The stakes are so high. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I can't believe it. Did you, did you guys see the Netflix? So Netflix also is recreating Squid Game for like yeah. a reality show, Squid Game, and people are so getting like calls. seriously f- fucked up in the production of that I show. I did not see that. Yeah, it's, again, how do you miss the point yes. of, the, of this of this show? In in less capitalistic countries, if if that even is a real thing, is entertainment like this? Like, does it always lead uh, to like taking advantage of like people's needs? And- I don't know. I mean, it seems especially dystopian Nick, in this modern era when everyone's struggling so much, everyone's struggling to get by. I mean, you might as well just put the the, the full death stunts in there as well. I might as you like people would probably still do it and watch it. You go, let's go full Running <laughs> yeah. Man with it. Like we might as well. Like why not? Why even pretend anymore? Let's just go go all in with it. That's what that's what people want to see. That's the content people want to see. So yeah. there'd be people certainly no sure shortage watch. of people that would sign up yeah. for it. So we might as well just go ahead, go the, ahead with that. The there was another show, and I think LeBron actually was connected to this, and it made me feel so weird watching it when it came out. But do you guys remember the show The Wall? It was like a Plinko, a giant Plinko game. Okay. I, Is this like something WCW that, wrestler that can, The Wall, but... 
That's this, a is, this, thing. this is like a Jimmy Fallon guest game, right? Like they put like a thing down. Like you're talking about Plinko where the, the coin goes down. The, yeah, uh, but it was a pegs. huge like 60 foot wall with pegs and they would drop like a ball or two and maybe one was red or the a slot was red. And it's just, it's, you just drop, I think it's just Plinko. That's the game. And the contestants were all people who desperately needed money. And they tried to frame it as an overall, like, feel good show. But I just could, I watched a couple episodes when it came out because I was curious. And the people who don't win, what are they going to do? It's the same thing like we talked about yeah. with the Mr. Beast videos. If you don't win, what do you do? You just missed out on a hundred grand or a new car or a new home. What are the, what are you thinking after that? No, one, the cameras don't follow you. Then, yeah, it feels so bizarre. It's Did you guys watch that movie? I'm sorry to bother or sorry to bother you. Yeah, Do you remember the game show in that movie? Yeah, it just feels like that. Most reality TV could be synthesized to that. You're just doing these humiliating, dehumanizing things for the small chance of having. Yeah. your message her to promote your GoFundMe you, or you know you see the Mr. Beast ones bills. repeat where the losers who are good content come back and get another chance and then the people who lose that like say no lines or like aren't super emotional about it like they never get another chance that's yeah that's just like TV production right yeah you yeah. do pre you do a pre interview sometimes and if you're not crazy enough. It's, oh, sorry, we're, we're overbooked for this segment. And it just incentivizes the worst possible attributes. And for him, it's who's going to be the most entertaining to help us get more views, which really lays this whole game out. Yep. And you saw that in his tweet where he was bothered that people didn't accept that eye surgery video as some totally altruistic act. There's an incentive in it for him. He wants yeah. more views because it makes him more money. Just sick. What a sick fucking world. Yeah. And just going back to the speech as well, um, you get, he gets to that section too about Tyree Nichols and he shows Tyree Nichols' parents in the audience. Yeah. And talk, and kind of the voice, the, the, the voice drops down. He talks about folks like the, we don't understand what it's like for these black and brown families to have to have the talk with their kids about interactions with the police and stuff. And this, like, this is on, on a, in and of itself, that's an important message. And it's, so it's somewhat important for the president of the United States to be talking like that. At the same time, though, it, you have to wonder, who militarized these police in the first place? <laughs> who was like one of these central figures in the whole march of the Democratic Party embracing this kind of like tough on crime? Yeah. At his State of the Union a year ago saying we need fund to the fund police. the police, more yeah. resources, yeah, more education. Even in the next sentence in this speech was saying more training. And we all yeah. agree on the same thing that we do need to keep these everyone safe. And and more what training means is fund the police. Fundamentally, it means the same thing. Like Biden is on record in the 90s, like bragging about the stuff that was in the crime bill and how devastating that was going to be for people and like increasing the death penalty and things like that. So it's just so disingenuous when someone who not only has spent his whole career empowering police to act with this kind of brutal violence against people and then suggesting now that he's president that he's like, well, we're Jack, we're going to do something about this problem when his only solution is to give them more and more money. And then yeah. for him still to get kind of praised for using this kind of language or speaking about this, it just, it just strikes me as being totally bizarre and totally at odds with like what Joe Biden has spent his whole career doing. I, I was watching that section closely because like what you've laid out, he vehemently denounced any attempt to last year, any attempt to reinvest 
some of the budget for police in communities to other departments, other social services. You know, that's the core of defund the police. That's what defund the police Mm -hmm. means. It's they don't need a third of the budget and also be the first responder in every situation. It doesn't make sense. That was last year. This year, he literally articulates some of the core components of defunding the police. He lays out that they don't need to be the first responder in every circumstance. He then says, uh, we need more social services. We need more safety or social workers. He in I'm paraphrasing here, but he makes that case that other departments and communities should be meeting people's needs. It shouldn't be the police in every circumstance because that only increases the risk for a negative outcome. And they're not trained for that. On the reform part, like Rob was saying, it's it's obviously bullshit and it doesn't solve the problem because Memphis police did implement a lot of these reforms people called for in 2020. And here we are. And nobody will admit that, hey, maybe this wasn't this toxic slogan that everyone was up in arms about. Maybe there was it something wasn't, to maybe that. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe when you didn't immediately have a knee-jerk reaction and just whine and complain and, and deliberately misinterpret what people were saying, maybe there's some common sense suggestions within that argument. And here we are when it's on the heels of yet another police killing. That's what the president's proposing. I'm not saying he is... Bernie, he's certainly not. Xi, I wouldn't even say it was overall a progressive thing, but I do think, unfortunately, the more this happens, people are starting to wake up that I don't want cops here. And sadly, so often is the case, once it affects other communities, then they start to care. We saw that with marriage equality. Once it started impacting Republicans and their families, then more of them started to care. Well, police have become so much more brazen over the past several years because they've seen in very highly publicized events that so few of them will get in trouble. And then you have Democrats punching left and attacking progressives who are trying to take on the police. A lot of them see it as a bipartisan level of support for them. So they've become even more brazen. We've had, I think last year was one of the most, if not the most deadly year for police killings in several years. So they have no incentive to, to change, but now, because it's it's they're so brazen about it, and it's impacting white communities more, and mm-hmm. those stories are getting out and going viral. I'm starting to see a lot of other people who several years ago didn't give a shit and just immediately wanted to insult and attack Black Lives Matter activists. Where do you now think their the, tunes are starting to change? Where do you think the efficacy is for journalists, Jordan? Like I, I'm remembering your supercut of all of the the police yeah. violence um, during summer of 2020. Um, and then how that became super seen and people like you had Anna Kendrick being like, we need reform. Where do you think like the, the efficacy is? That's cool. Yeah, man. No, no. <laughs> she ripped, she ripped the video and uploaded oh, wow. it. Oh, okay. Which was, I guess, <laughs> very nice. I, I, no, look, in fairness, I put it in a Dropbox. Okay. Cause yeah. I didn't want that to people to be like, oh, he's trying to get views. I put it, I like replied to it. With the Dropbox, like here, okay, you yeah. upload it yourself. Yeah. Just yeah. get this everywhere. I just gave it away to people. I mean, those you mentioned those clips. I mean, that was one of the amazing thing to me is that even with all that evidence, I pointed this out with the last time we had this conversation, Jordan. But even with all that evidence that you compiled that went super viral, that millions of people saw, just the nonstop stream of violent incidents at protests about police violence and still the takeaway from like the political establishment was that the protests were violent and that we could not possibly ever do anything to rein in police power. And that was the takeaway for the whole political establishment. It was mind blowing to me. Yeah. In 
within people who are near the levers of power, it doesn't seem like much will change. Uh, they'll speak to the issue. Like Biden talked about it. I guess you could say that's a step, but I don't think anything's really going to change. A lot of them are beholden to police unions, too. You know, police unions are a really powerful political force in communities. And everybody knows somebody whose family member's a cop or co-workers, brother, whatever. You know, it's they're in these communities and FOPs and police unions are really, really active. They've got a lot of political sway, especially at the local level. So they've sick that's conferences, where you though. need to start. State, state of the <laughs> NYPD. I put a clip out where they had James Earl Jones narrating this B-roll of like cops busting into doors and like carrying onto ships in the East River that were like capsizing uh, with like epic music behind it. The, the conventions are dope. Oh, my God. So much. And the, the NYPD's budget is just insane. Yeah. NYPD uh, video so production team credited at the end. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They have so much money. But it's like, it. I think this underscores how everybody knows deep down, like the Biden's, the, the Biden comments, it underscores how everyone deep down knows that's a common sense proposal. But for whatever reason, they're just being stubborn. They don't want to concede to the progressives. The police unions have more power. They just don't care. Whatever reason, I don't, I don't think much is going to change on that front. Well, I think that's kind of the scary thing that you saw during some of these protests as well, is that not only do like the police unions have a lot of power, but like it's not even clear what power these elected officials have to even make any changes to the police unions. It seems a lot of the times, like regardless of what voters are doing or regardless of what elected officials are doing, the cop unions are just like, no, we're just going to continue actually doing what we're doing now. And like we saw with de Blasio with the NYPD, even for like mildly criticizing them, they they had, had a whole fucking meltdown, turning their backs to him and like kind yeah. of weirdly threatening his family and stuff like oh my these God. are like totally out of control unaccountable the, uh those press conference clips were unions. incredible too like like the thickest staten island accent you've ever heard being like they're taking away our resources like they yeah the they they uh they, they made their message heard <laughs> to de blasio yeah. and others and there's still people around the country i think that if you ask them they they're under the impression that these police unions were all defunded by democrats and they're all starving for resources and they don't have enough yeah. of anything and like despite the fact that that's not anywhere near close to the reality of what happened. Like it's in fact the exact opposite of what happened. Uh, the media one played such a large role in perpetuating that. Oh, for sure. They deliberately yeah. obfuscated it. Uh, but one other important topic that he did talk about, which I thought was good because it's, it was a huge national moment for us. Uh, he did, he did mention the balloon, not mm. directly, but indirectly. And he talked about how that balloon threatened yeah. our sovereignty <laughs> That was a big fist pumping had to, moment. We had yeah. to defend ourselves and everyone cheered and it was this big moment. I just, I want to make sure you guys are both okay. That balloon <laughs> could have possibly flown over yeah. either of you. Who knows this, where the wind could have taken Washbow, it. This is what the Washbow It was over Canadian airspace for a while and I just feel disgusting. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. All but right. Thank you. I will be. I'm so but, sorry. Yeah. What were you saying, Brennan? Oh, no, I was just saying uh, very in line with the uh, opinion article that you shared of his address oh, being yeah. <laughs> equivalent to she. <laughs> yeah, because she gave yeah. him finally gave him the orders to shoot it down once it hit uh, uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Then he gave Biden permission. And she's calling the shots here. Media was uh, so hungry was really funny. for that story, too. Yeah, it it lets them all cosplay as troops. They love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. They love to pretend they have that like 
military valor or some sort of like you know <laughs> troop designation by association Th- they really overreported that story and it was totally sensational but the story that didn't get a lot of coverage that should have during that same time was the train derailment in Ohio now a train going through East Palestine Ohio which I grew up very close to uh, derailed it was a Norfolk Southern train and it was carrying vinyl chloride and they had to do a controlled release of this vinyl chloride, which is a very, very flammable, very toxic chemical. And in this controlled release, because of this derailment, it created like a fireball, which shot flames and huge plumes of black smoke, like hundreds of feet into the air. The smoke was hundreds of feet in the air, but the flames themselves were like a hundred feet high in this very small town in Ohio. That is horrifying. The entire town had to be evacuated. They're in, you know, officials there, health officials, the company is trying to assure everyone, oh, everything's okay. But there's now already reports in local media in Ohio that wildlife is already dying and suffering as a result of this. And the West Virginia, I think the West Virginia governor said that it got into the Ohio River, which is shared by, you know, West Virginia, Ohio and Pennsylvania. That's horrifying to think about the the ecological effects and environmental effects of this we're not going to fully comprehend or understand for a while but this is really fucking bad and the lever did a great piece about how norfolk southern when there were when there was a push to regulate those types of trains and travel with those types of chemicals they pushed back and they lobbied against it and they argued that it was too expensive to upgrade their braking system which is what caused this because they're using brakes and brake technology that date back to the Civil War era. And they argued that it was too expensive to make these upgrades. They lobbied against these regulations because obviously it's cheaper for them to have a loosely regulated industry. And in the same time, spent more money on share buybacks to further enrich their investors. And it's just this perfect encapsulation of how these companies put profit over people and the people who, you know, you know, who suffer are the people who are forgotten by the media. It has received a tiny fraction of the coverage that the fucking balloon did. And it just boggles my mind. These yeah. they, they always talk about these, you know, they spelunk into these areas in election years to see what they think. We need, These are the real Americans. But here they are facing an environmental disaster where an entire town needed to be evacuated. And reporter, like very few reporters and very few outlets have spent a lot of time covering it. And the one guy who did, uh, you guys mentioned, got fucking arrested. It's just, it's insane to me. Yeah, it kind of seems a little bit like there's even more going on than they want to let on. Also, just for the media yeah. people, uh, the correspondent who was arrested was from Chris Cuo- disgraced Chris Cuomo's uh, <laughs> new, new uh, mainstay, News Nation. Um, and so, what, what, a, what a fucking get. <laughs> yeah, the... I, I had CNN on this afternoon because I was curious if the, if it was something they were going to talk about or cover or mention or whatever. And for uh, the couple hours I had on, I had it on, it was just solid. Mike Pence gets subpoenaed. And then before I turned it off, it was this person went to middle school with George Santos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Trump is coming okay, back so to Instagram. We're not going to talk about it. This is this is what we're this is what we're doing. A middle school classmate of George Santos. Thank you for your for your amazing reporting. Is it is it the the clip of a vice reporter there that finally gives it uh, some some attention? What do you, what do you think happens to stories like this? 
Man, I, <laughs> it'd be great. If, I mean, this does this seems like a story that demands national attention, but also pressure being applied on you know federal regulators. I mean, really, the past three administrations, because or the Biden administration, the Trump administration, and the Obama administration, because all three of them have had their hand in some in shaping some of these rules and regulations. Yeah, the Obama administration didn't regulate um, on some of the breaking things. The Trump administration rolled back regulations around the chemicals themselves. I think I remember it might be inverse, but it's one of those two things. The Biden administration hasn't done anything and really hasn't even said much on this story. And this is, what, a couple months now after the Biden administration and Congress worked together to break a railroad strike where rail workers were arguing they needed tougher regulations for their safety. It's it's really the cherry on top for how this this government responds to workers who are just begging for some sort of help from from regulators and mm-hmm. policymakers. So I attend, attention in the press across the board would be great instead of focusing on the sensational. It's a tough week, too, because, sure, everyone's going to focus on the State of the Union. That's just by default that's going to happen. But do we need to see George Santos's middle school classmate? Is that really important? We know the guy's a liar. What, what is she going to add? She knew him in, what, fifth grade? What did he do? Fucking steal her Pokemon cards? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to make of it anymore. Yeah, I'd be curious if, like, the CNN producers would have any words on that, or if it comes down to more like VPs um, and like, I don't know, just, just, just how, how the agenda is, it is set would be very interesting. It, it is funny how it's like the exact plot of that, that film, that Netflix film, white noise, the Don Delilo novel, <laughs> this viral marketing campaign is just getting way out of hand. I think when they start <laughs> doing serious chemical spills and train derailments just to market their little movie. I mean, just, you know, put out a is that what poster that or about? something. Yeah. It's about a chemical spill. From it's a train about derailment? a train derailment and this big toxic cloud that goes up into the air and has all these consequences and side effects. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I remember seeing the trailer, but I hadn't watched it. It looked decent. It was pretty good. Well, it was pretty good, but <laughs> in train derailments and chemical spills in real life, not a fan. I'm not, against not that. so good. No. Thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Three. Big Can we get down. third? Brendan, your your thumbs down on train derailments as well. I'm I'm so thumbs down. Sure. Okay, across the board. <laughs> before before we wrap, uh, Rob, we got your prediction. We got your prediction on the last episode with Emma. You're picking. You're you're a go birds guy. Yep. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, Brendan, who who you got in the big game this weekend? Look, man, I I. I don't know what to tell you besides I've been watching uh, the, the we're talking about sports, right? <laughs> That's right. That is a, yes. this is a big sports event this week. I know that I, my, my thing is like, I, I really only care about like videos of Philadelphia surfacing where a guy like eats horse shit and everybody is running around him with like lit torches and shit. I, w- w- whatever leads to more of that. I think I am pro. I, yeah, I, I was asked by, uh, my partner's sister's uh, boyfriend, a friend of mine, right? We'll just simplify it that way. He's a big Cowboys fan, lives in Texas. He's like, we're, we're going to watch the game together uh, this weekend. And he asked who I was rooting for, or who I thought would win. And I said, I don't really care. And he's a Cowboys fan. So he can't, because of the division rivalry, he can't bring himself to root for Philly. So I said, okay, I'll root for Kansas City with you. But deep down, 
I want Philadelphia to win because the city's reaction is going to be so unhinged. That's yeah. the fucking Kansas thing, City though. fans are not going to react that way. Hell they're no. They're not going to be climbing flagpoles. They're not going to be eating horse shit. There will be one be car on fire, Max. Stops. <laughs> yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Get a fucking bus or two on fire. Then we'll talk. Yeah. Phil- Philly's reaction is going to be so much funnier if they win. And that is why deep down i want philly to win <laughs> the people like proposing in the crowds too is so good <laughs> there's the guy Could eating shit imagine? people people falling from a hotel awning and then you're proposing to your <laughs> partner <laughs> in the midst of it what's the weirdest place you've have you guys ever seen a public proposal i don't think so <sighs> i've only seen setups um in Dumbo in Brooklyn, like near the Brooklyn Bridge, it's very scenic, right? Like people have like letters oh, right. up and candles and shit, but never like an active one happening. The funniest one I've ever seen. I was at a concert. Uh, I went to see Kohi and Cambria and the opener was the used. Hell yeah. And during their set in the pit, some guy proposed to his girlfriend. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting place uh, to propose. She Did said, they point yes, it out? So good for them. The yeah. Band? yeah, yeah. I would have gone yes. with one of the yeah. slower like, ones, like blue and yellow or something. That would have been seems more appropriate for that kind of romance. But <laughs> hey, uh, if it works for them, yeah. I I just don't know what I would do if I was on the receiving end of a the used mosh pit proposal. I would only I would only do Probably a virtual no. Minecraft concert uh, mosh pit for proposal. <laughs> the, uh, that was like the heyday of the that was like early the pandemic. They Minecraft had a music festival inside Hell yeah it was like block by block west or something like that <laughs> that 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 sounds like you made that up i don't <laughs> i swear i'll pull the, i'll pull the flyer because uh a buddy's band quote performed and all it was was they just took audio from a previous live performance had okay, someone we, animate minecraft characters we go to different they played it minecraft concerts because i was thinking of i think mineplex or minecon but that that's more like that's more like deep EDM scene. Uh, oh yeah, this was like uh, it was a bunch of different stuff, but there was like a hardcore stage at this. Oh yeah. Uh, Brennan, uh, we're we're so happy you joined us tonight. Thank you, uh, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you in your content? Uh, this is Brennan Murphy talking. You can find me at Brennanade B R E N O A D E on all socials. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brennan. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Rob. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Insurgents. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes or Spotify or at Substack, theinsurgents.substack.com. You'll get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox as well as our newsletter. On Twitter, we are at InsurgentsPod. Tweet at us, harass Canon our replies, and then send us your hate mail to theinsurgentspod at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. <laughs>